Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, baby. Wake up. Wake up. It's go time. Drinking Bros Sports Tailgate Legend Show. I'm Eric Tanzi, Joe Puhok, sitting over here. We're tailgating live at Instill Distilling Company. Where's Puhok? the fuck are you talking about? Uh, Puhok had to work today. You just said Joe Puhok sitting over here. Just call me oh, Puhok. Oh, shit. I did call you Joe Puhok. I did. Boston Joe. Phil Tanzi. Well, I just got here. off the phone with him. I just got off the phone with him. Uh, he's not cooking today, but Chef Ashley is. She's <laughs> making uh, something over there for tailgates. Uh, but yes, today we are live. We are waiting for sports to reopen and tailgate. Obviously, here in North Carolina, we're still shut down, but we've got some big shit coming in May. Real big shit coming, doing some UFC fights, going to, flying to Dallas, flying to Austin. We've got a busy month next month. This month, we're trying to take it easy. So we're back at Instill Distilling Company, makers of the finest rums in North America, available in Florida and North Carolina. So if you're in those markets, search out those guys. Huge supporters of Drinking Bros. Drinking Bros. Maine, rest in peace. Mm. Pieces. Rest in power. Rest in power. If you don't know, do, 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 They got sucked. Get sucked. Get sucked. Fuck Zuckerberg. Um, I'm really upset about that, to be honest with you. I've been in Drinking Bros, Maine since, jeez, I think it's been eight years. So the thing is, though, I think it's it seems bad on the surface at first, but it re-solidifies the cult following and the hardcore fan base that Drinking Bros has. And now they're just going to fight back even harder. So it's probably the worst thing that Zuckerberg could try to do because... Uh, I mean, speaking, you, can't, you can't bring down the beast. It's a sign of success is what it really is. Yeah, I mean, if you think yeah. about it, every time Facebook cancels something, it means you're right on the right track to get where you need to be. So exactly. keep <laughs> yeah. on going, brotherhood. <laughs> keep, keep this message fucking going. Oh, you're a patriot and you like freedom. Yeah. How dare you? Uh, how oh, dare oh, you? Oh my God. Uh, you but for opinion? those of you who don't know, today at noon... They launched the new Drinking Bros main page, and it is now called Met TC Minority Trans Equality Coalition. Yeah, good <laughs> so luck I dare that, Zuckerberg. you to cancel that. Uh, you better just give that a goddamn thumbs up. You, because yeah. yeah. if you don't follow the Minority Trans Equality Coalition, you're an asshole. Yeah, it's a straight uh, racist. You are, you are oh, racist. Yeah, done deal. Yep, you done are uh, the official definition of the word cunt. Yeah, then you're going to be canceled from Facebook. Period. Can't even have a personal page, right? You can't. I'm just no, waiting just for. Deal. Barefacers.com to get canceled. That is B-A-R-E Facers.com. Actually, because you guys are a dark trainer, and, and I'm going to introduce you here in just a second. I know I'm an asshole, and I haven't introduced you yet, but that's the way I always do these shows. Uh, but because you guys are dog trainers, I wore my raw dog your air shirt. Raw dog your air. Raw dog meaning you're not wearing a condom or a face mask, Thanks. breathing your air. Uh, and that's one of our sponsors, Barefacers.com, paying for today. Also sponsoring today's show and our guest, Blue Line K9. Give yourself an introduction, baby. Oh, thank you very much, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Blue Line K9 <laughs> is all about you and every day. So it's happy to be here. My name is Michael J. Solar, CEO and founder of the company. That's the best way I can do it. Dude, that what, was what are you about to sell me? I mean, honestly, I think I can almost be the high driving, flying, uh, limousine driving, dog training. Let's just go into this, man. We, I'm all about Holy it today. Shit, what is in that I, mojito? Uh, I, it's fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to say it's probably from the Instill Distilling company that's making these fantastic drinks for me to enjoy today uh so gosh i'm really pumped up to be here because this is like i believe the perfect crowd 
Uh, as a veteran myself from the United States Marine Corps, retired police canine handler and trainer, now I'm having the opportunity to get in front of the real crowd, the real people that pump the United States forward with education and not just the bullshit mainstream stuff. So I'm really pumped to be here today. Fuck yeah, dude. We're pumped to have yeah. you here. I mean, I, we were, when you guys reached out to us, we, we were super stoked. We were like, well, this is going to be different. We've never had um, a legend like this before, but <laughs> you guys are you're, you're in uh, Maryland? We are located uh, northern Baltimore area as well now. Now here in Raleigh, North Carolina, yep. uh, we're opening a location in Garner. Uh, so I'm really pumped up about that because it's going to be able to really help out the community here in North Carolina. And we're also looking for more locations uh, world, uh, the United States throughout the U.S. You guys have the coolest wrap trucks, um, the coolest jerseys. Uh, we see you guys all over town. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so it was exciting to be able to talk to you guys um, and find out that you're veteran-owned and operated, that you guys are all police handlers, dog handlers, that you train dogs to bite, you train dogs not to bite. I don't think there's a better trained animal in the world than a police canine. Yeah, it's it's a it's well. I'm gonna have to agree, disagree, and maybe oh. go in between. It's it's a really one of those cool subjects because. You know, when we get into training dogs, it's all about the psychology end of it. But I really want to talk about, real quick before you get into dog training stuff, yeah, you mentioned so. our camo. So our camos, what's awesome about our camouflage is, one, it's, it's an homage back to the military and law enforcement because it's a, it's a, it's a light blue. Uh, so for all the North Carolina fans, it's actually oh, the same Tar Heel color, mm, right? Okay. It's that Tar Heel blue. Okay. Uh, but really neat about it is, uh, and this one's going to blow your fucking minds, ready? Okay. There's dogs in the pattern. No I shit. I just noticed no that when shit. I looked what up at the right That's there. right. So everybody likes to say camouflage, you know, it blends in. But, Mike, why would you come out with a blue? It can't blend in. Hey, brother, I put your dog right there in the camo. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I'm looking Easter at I'm looking at one of the shirts. You, you, you see my eyes. I'm yeah. focused on one of these shirts behind you. Uh, there's a fucking dog in the camouflage. Yeah, there's uh, I like it. literally all different breeds within the camouflage to show that we are 100% inclusive. We don't just pick certain breeds and work with cer certain dogs. You're not doggist? You know, no, we're not <laughs> doggist. No, I'm all-inclusive, you know? Uh, doodles and labradoodles and scuba doodles and any kind of dog that you can come up with, brother, we are going to work with. We're going to educate the handlers to keep those dogs in their home and get them highly trained. Uh, so going back to the question you actually asked about the law enforcement, sort of yeah, what you yeah, implied, yeah. right? Yeah. So our police canines and our handlers are, are probably some of the top in the world. You know, they really have to be on top of their game. Uh, but now in the civilian world, with the huge uh, push since COVID, yeah. uh, now our handlers, our civilian handlers, are getting really educated out there. They're getting into new sports such as scent work, uh, uh, barn dogs, and all these different things. So, uh, you know, we're going to put it in there. Civilian dogs are really starting to step up their game and to highly train them. Uh, you know, I, I do the uh, Highland Games every year, which you, when as soon as the Highland Games reopen, we're definitely tailgating for that. Um, and the Highland Games are the Scottish Games. They do, like, the taper toss. They do all sorts of fucking things. But one of my favorite things to watch is the sheepdogs. They actually, yeah. um, the pole vaulters will be out there pole vaulting. The track guys will be out there running. And they have a fucking dog in the middle of the infield. Um, they have, like, a whole trail set up, and it goes right through the infield, right in between all the pole vaulters and the high jumpers and the taper tossers and all the Scottish Highland games. Um, and they have these dogs, and they got the whistles, and they're whistling the dogs. The dogs are nipping the sheep, and they're herding the sheep through this whole trail. Yep. And it's one of the coolest things to actually watch. And pole vaulting is fun to watch. <laughs> taper tossing is really fun to watch. I can see that. Uh, high jump is kind of cool. All, all the Highland games are fun to watch, but there's something about watching a man and his dog, and he'll call the dog to him, and the sheep will get all crazy, and then he'll 
blow the whistle and the dog will run back out and get all the sheep back in line. And I just think that's incredible. Have you ever done anything like that? I personally have not. No. Have uh, you ever seen it? You've got to go and watch. I have seen it. Oh, I've seen okay, it. You've seen yeah, it. You've yeah, seen it. definitely could see it. And, and the bond and the relationship between the man and that dog is, is absolutely incredible uh, to see what's going on there. And that's, that's a, like, again, every relationship is, is there, right? Yes. So if you're, if you're a former military person, you know the loyalty of the brotherhood. And that is what a lot of those handlers have with those dogs. And that's why they're able to get that type of relationship because they're going out there with a mission to succeed. They train together, they work together, and they compete together. So that is, it is a phenomenal thing. And I think listening to what you're saying, why it, it tunes to you is because of the fact that you're seeing that all happen in a blink of an eye. I feel like that's what people feel like when they're watching my relationship with my wife, when they're watching us have sex. Um, <laughs> Who watches you have sex? OnlyFans.com slash kinky couple 69. Jesus Christ. I'm just joking. I mean, he, he did joking. take out the side of his roof, didn't he? Just so everybody just sees the <laughs> That was when I came over, I've though. That's a different mirror. story. I got a question for you, though. So normally the stereotypical police dog or the highly trained dog is a German shepherd. I've noticed, yeah. I feel like. Um, but you talk about all different, you're open to all different breeds, all Absolutely. inclusive on all the, the doggos out there. <laughs> so why why is it that I've noticed, and it seems like the German Shepherds are sort of the go-to, and how do they differ from other dogs when you're trying to train them? So uh, so it's versatility, right? So it's uh, when you're looking at your German Shepherds, actually the Shepherds actually been dying off as the number one breeder pick. Uh, you're going more towards the Belgian Malinois for uh, physical capabilities, less health issues, things like that. But the reason stereotypically the dog was picked is because it's one of the only dogs uh, capable of doing multiple tasks. So it's very easy to train, uh, physically capable of doing multiple tasks. So it saves Big the as fuck. Uh, yeah, I mean it. It gives it gives saves money if you really think about it. So if you have a dog that can track, uh, do patrol at work, which is uh, protecting a handler and apprehending criminals, as well as finding explosives and or CDS. Uh, your narcotics, right? So then when you, you switch your dogs, there's there's health issues, there's different points. But we actually have the honor of working with a, a nonprofit organization called Throwaway Dogs uh, that team up rescue dogs. Uh, they get them trained, and they team them up with law enforcement agencies that can actually can't afford. So you train teams. rescues, too? Are they harder to train because they're no, rescues? No, a rescue is, a, is just as good as any other dog out there. Uh, when you really think about it, the, the hard part is finding the drive that's going to get them in the workload. But Throwaway Dogs is a, a great organization doing that. And like I said, I had the honor of working with them. Uh, and we're getting ready to go to uh, an event with them this weekend, Canine Summit, where we'll be uh, teaching a seminar there on uh, educating the canine handlers and their dogs uh, with case law to keep things on top of things, as you know, all the controversy going on. So it's good that all these law enforcement agencies are attending mm. to get their education up on case law, how to handle their dog, and prevent uh, accidents and, and dumb things from happening. So it's a real cool thing, and especially like connecting a rescue with a police department. So everybody's a win-win, right? We're giving them a second home, and we're giving a department a means of uh, saving some money. Right. Yeah, that's interesting because you would think, you know, you, you talked versatility when you brought up different breeds of dogs and what they're capable of in, in training. You would think, you know, like a pit bull or a Rottweiler would fuck someone up, and that's an easy dog to go be an attack dog. But when it comes to versatility, they probably don't have the capabilities of other dogs to kind of as this sign falls on tins yeah, behind yeah, us here. Yeah. Oh, um, I guess we can move that over. We don't. We want to keep that camo in everyone's view yeah, so they can where maybe find the, all the dogs. A pit bull is a little bit more, you know, hard to train more, you know, yeah, hardcore. Yeah, so— I, you know, once again, I'm gonna we're gonna throw this out there as a disagreement because uh, pit bulls have such a bad reputation that is is in my opinion complete BS. Uh, let let's go with this one. Uh, the little rascals, that was a pit bull, mm -hmm. right? So here's a dog that was originally designed, uh, made uh, to be your family dog, and now because we've decided to fight them, we're giving them a bad reputation. 
Yeah, it's like a kid. When you see a kid, a bad kid, you look at the parents. Luckily, yeah. Tansy's kids have two great parents, so they're pretty good kids. But yeah. you don't blame the kid. You blame the people that train that kid. Same with a Th- dog. That's a, right. A you got to look at the people. I've known great pit bulls. I've yeah. also known stories of pit bulls eating children. So yeah. it can go either way. And it can go either way with any dog, really, right? Absolutely. And that's what I, I have to say is that when we think about, you know, uh, right now, throwaway dogs even put a pit bull with a uh, New Jersey arson uh, department. So a uh, fire department up there has one of their um, – uh, it's what they call American Staffordshire pit bull, is with their department is an arson detection dog. So it goes to show you that they have the capabilities of doing what they need to do, but a lot of them are not ever going to do an apprehension with that breed because they don't ever want that breed to get that image any further. They yeah. were trying to change that image and not put down dogs just because they have a bad reputation. Yeah. You really don't want to judge something off of what somebody else is bullshit. We do that all the time in America, yeah. though. Yeah, we sure yeah. do. <laughs> I, I, the I perception was, is touche, reality, right? right? Perception touche. is reality in today's USA. Mm, but, so, but we yeah. all know that that's not the truth, right? I have another quick question though before I let Tansy tell his stupid questions. <laughs> um, I I have a husky. Okay. Um, he is decently trained. He's far from a trained police dog. Do you have any huskies or malamutes as you know part of the dogs that you train? And what's your experience with them? So, uh, a great question. So let's look at it this way. So I've been training dogs uh, for about twenty years now. Uh, we our business is actually focused more on your house dogs and working with building the relationship between homeowners and their 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 best friends. Now, we don't really we on our law enforcement side, uh, we have the the background of the of that. Uh, we don't really train. That's not one of our main focuses. Our focuses are the civilian dogs mm-hmm. and building relationships between uh, the families and their dogs and problem solving. So that's one of our main focuses is just 100% on the, the local homeowners, right? So when it comes to Huskies, Huskies are very popular, especially up north. Uh, obviously, with a little bit colder weather, it's a little bit more of a popular dog. Yep. Uh, they love to talk shit. That's they the sure easiest do. way. You know, you tell they them sure to do. sit and Right. You're like, what the fuck? Why are you arguing with me? I just that. need you to sit, right? Yep. Uh, so when we get into working with a dog like that, everything that we train is about building value, right? And, and here's the thing is one of the things I learned is a lot of people do like talking shit, but if you enjoy it, well, let me, let me show you how to talk shit, right? Mm. So if I took a husky, I'm going to train that husky that if it listens to me, it gets to talk shit all day. Right. So if, if the dog doesn't want to talk shit and just wants to listen, that way we can do more things with the dog. But there, every dog is able to learn and listen when you figure out what's driving the dog. Uh, huskies, they always say, are more stubborn and, and things like that. But the truth be told is they're actually very vocal. They're very open and honest with what they want. Mm-hmm. We just tend to ignore it as the owner and pretend that we saw a show on television going, oh, yeah, I know how to train the dog. I hold the treat above its head, and the dog's like, fuck you. I want, I want to go shit on a rug over here. Yeah, you know, yeah. And you're like, ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> shit on a rug. Wow, so a, a shit-talking northern loudmouth. Yeah, the husky sounds yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah. Sounds like the perfect sounds dog for me. Right, it's got it's like, it. Yeah, we were meant for each other. Me and Dexter. Probably my guy Dexter. A little shout out to Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, our food came out um, because it's tailgate legends. Uh, it wouldn't be a tailgate without the food. We have a motto here that we've stolen from Conspiracy Cuisine. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Conspiracy Cuisine. But it's just because it's simple. It doesn't have to suck. And so what we have here today, and this is our tailgate hack of the day. Do 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 tell tailgate hack of the day. Uh, I don't know if you do that for that. You're using it too much. That's too much. Yeah, yeah. that was too far. <laughs> Big uh, news break. Yeah. I'm embarrassed. Um, <laughs> sorry, Ross. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so what we do for our tailgate hack of the day is uh, this is hot dogs, right? And so we're going to a tailgate. We want to grill some hot dogs. Hot dogs are hot uh, doggos. 
<sighs> you won't do shit about it, too. The camera's on, the mics are on, you won't do shit. You want to talk about too much? I feel like Dagos has been used too much. I think it's a dumb word. <laughs> Doggers, Doggos, Puppers, Puppos, <laughs> get fucked. They're dogs and they're puppies. All the other cute bullshit names. Um, God, you just made me angry. Uh, you derailed your whole you thing. You derailed the whole thing. Tell us thing. more about the food. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to anymore. No, but these are, we use kosher dogs. I'm, I feel like hot dogs, if you're going to a tailgate, and, and you want to you want to step your tailgate game up. Let's do some uh, let's do some hot dogs. Let's do some kosher dogs. And I don't say kosher because I'm Jewish because I'm not. But uh, there's a snap to a to a good hot dog, a real hot dog. And and so when you go to your your local grocery and you get your uh, local pack meat. By the way, here's a quick fun fact. Since we're talking about all things that are dogs, do you know who invented the hot dog? No, I don't. His name was Emperor, Emperor, no, it was actually the Romans, uh, Emperor Gaius. No, the chef Gaius, Emperor Nero. Really? The Nero was Emperor, yes, I swear to God. The, <laughs> Emperor, I swear to you. It was Emperor now, Nero. You, it sounds like you're just making this shit I'm up. I'm not. Oh, I'm really not. It's a Roman. It's Emperor a is Gaius, Sopacabus, yeah. Yeah. Asuchus, uh, hot dog is, uh, <laughs> uh Gaius loved wieners. <laughs> Go figure. Oh, wow, I'm kidding. Buddy. But Emperor Nero had a chef. His name was Gaius. And he was supposed to go get a pig for Emperor Nero, and he wanted to, to pay homage to the entire pig. And so they starved the pig in Rome. Whenever they cooked a pig, they starved it for one week. And, of course, we know now that they did that because um, they didn't know when you're cleaning an animal that if you, you nick a bladder that it, the, the meat becomes tainted and poisoned and you're fucked. So they didn't know all that. They just knew that... Um, Something was making them sick, and they were like, well, let's try to starve the pig before we do it. Um, and this pig was starving. This one wasn't. This one made us sick. This one didn't. That's because there wasn't anything in the bladder to make them sick. So they always starved the pigs before they, they cleaned them. And Gaius did, uh, did the exact same thing he always does. Starved the pig, cut the pig open. Well, the bladder fell out. The intestines fell out, and they were empty. And what does any dude do when he sees an empty wrapper laying on the ground? He casing? fucks it. He puts his dick in it, just yeah, like a condom. Yeah, yeah. I was literally going to say, right? say the same thing. He does. He puts his dick yeah. in it. So <laughs> he stuffs it full of meat, essentially, because most chefs are perverted like that, and they like to make references to sex when they're cooking. We know that from all the chefs that have been on the show. <laughs> literally every chef that's been on the Especially show. Especially Puhok. This, Let's this be real. i got to say, Let's I feel like he did a lot of research about this. Uh, it I did a very long story just about hot it. dogs. Uh, but, yeah, so Emperor <laughs> or Chef Gaius found this empty skin on the ground. He shoved it full of meat. Cooked it, and that's when the uh, the hot dog essentially was born. But then it made its way over to um, Austria and Germany. There's a lot of fights on what to do with it there, and that became more of a sausage. But it was actually the United States that it became an actual hot dog. And that's because you had all the immigrants in the 1830s that were coming over to the United States. One immigrant, I always guessed that it was a veteran, um, because I feel like he was sitting on the side of the road. This is how I play this out. He was sitting on the side of the road. And he had his his sausages or his hot dogs. He also made sauerkraut because he was German. And he was like, you can have bread, you can have sauerkraut, and you can have a sausage. And some veteran rolled up and was like, I'll take all three because I'm hungry as fuck. He mixed them all together. Voila, hot dog. That's how I think it happened. I mean, that's extremely detailed. <laughs> I'm going to go, if, if, if that's not actually facts-based. and we're just Those were all facts. Really, facts, 100%. Well, not the veteran I feel like I can make three. up a better story. The Washington Post gave him zero Pinocchios. It was Chicago. Chicago? The real story okay. is All right. that it was a, a, a German immigrant. He was making bread, sauerkraut, and hot dogs, and he blended the three together. And then he called it the hot dog. That's probably true, but I think it was probably a veteran 
that was like, I'm hungry as shit. Give me the dog, the bread, the sauerkraut. He blended the three together and he stuck it in his mouth. And then the guy that was standing yeah, there I mean, at the booth sense, was like, yeah. eh, I'm going to keep doing yeah. that. Well, it, I mean, if we're not going 100%, we're going to go a little hy- hypothetical here. We're going to go with, I'm going to say it was a, it was definitely a devil dog. It had to be a marina did it. Uh, drunk nope. as shit. Okay. Uh, took a couple of meat, threw some bread on it, said, fuck it. I'm eating this thing. Yep. Then somebody, what are you doing? Well, that's fucking hot and it feels like a dog. Hot yeah. dog. Yeah, yeah, Call yeah. it a day. I would say that that's probably a true story, except there wasn't crayons on the hot dog. Oh, man. So, oh, man. Um, well, you know, the only thing is, you know, when the Marine Corps was founded, founded in a bar. Yep. So, I mean, the story is just going to go straight into the Marine Corps. Had to do it. We can go with that. For our hot dog today, <laughs> we're keeping up with the uh, the old-fashioned snappy, the real casing. Because if you buy the ballparks, if you buy the bullshit hot dogs, you're not going to get that snap because you're not going to get a real casing. That real intestine casing, which is what we have here today. When you taste that hot dog, you'll know the difference. We've stepped it up a little bit. We've added, we call this the uh, California dog. We had coleslaw, cheddar cheese, a Clawson pickle, yellow mustard, not Dijon, but just regular yellow mustard, and a really good hot dog on a potato roll. Very inexpensive, very easy to do at a tailgate, and it, sex, it steps your tailgate up a little bit. Give that hot dog a try. Let me know what you think. Could you train this dog? <laughs> Oh my god, I love it! Put that in your mouth a little slower. We got to get a well, slow motion. We got to get a slow mo uh, yeah. taking it down, right? Yeah, I mean all that shit that's on his face. Still, we'll we won't tell him about it. We'll let him keep that there for a little bit, especially from the cameras. That's why mm. I always have a napkin rolled up into a ball, ready. I love to talk about hot dogs because my favorite athlete is Joey Chestnut. <laughs> that's a real fucking athlete. I mean, he is, and he doesn't only do hot dogs. He does several different, like pizza and all these different he things. Did, he did uh, Big Macs. Ugh, could you imagine? How many Big Macs could you eat? He broke the record. How, how long, like, does he have to eat them? Like 20 minutes? I forgot what he did. You have to YouTube it. But that was what he did in the offseason this last year. He, he wanted to break the uh, And I'm Mac. pretty sure he, like, eats only lettuce to help expand his stomach. I want to say it was, like, 23,000 calories. Jesus. And one thing. I mean, could you imagine, like, he must have some awesome toilets. He must invest in toilets and toilet paper. <laughs> I hope he gets sponsored by toilets. Yeah, well, like, hello, Tushy. Did you like that hot dog? <laughs> Try it. It's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. I got to say, you got everything comboed, and you got all the flavors in your mouth. Woo. Can't ask for anything <laughs> well, more than that, right? A little hot sauce to it. You mentioned kosher, and you yep. mentioned Jewish. Yeah. I don't know if you are. Tansy said he wasn't. I do know someone who is Jewish, and that's Julian Edelman. And he just announced his retirement. Uh, yesterday, I believe, which is a very sad moment for uh, Patriots fans like me out there everywhere. But he was always a Patriot, once a Patriot, always a Patriot, never left like uh, our buddy Tom did. He had a, a heartfelt, long sort of message on Instagram that he uh, put out there. And I don't know if you sports. I know Tansy doesn't, so I might be by myself on this one, but that's okay. Um, he's had a great career. Um, it was a little, little cut short with some injuries and stuff. He also got to play with the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest coach of all time. But I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think the debate starts with some of these guys once you retire. Is this guy a Hall of Famer? He holds some records. He has the most postseason touchdown receptions. And I think he's only second to Jerry Rice when it comes to yards in the postseason, which if you're second to only Jerry Rice, you have to be considered, especially if you have a long, great career like Edelman did. And he also has the greatest catch in Super Bowl history against the Falcons. Shout out to Ross. That's his favorite Super Bowl, 28-3, to when they were up and the uh, Patriots came back and ripped the hearts of... Uh, millions of Atlanta people right out in front of everyone. So, a little shout-out to Julian Edelman, a great patriot, um, arguably the greatest Where did Julian Edelman come from? 
Um, is this another one of Bill he, Belichick's just kind of like grab bag guys where he saw something different, or do you his, think he was destined to be? Well, his out? dad had these these balls, and in those balls was sperm. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's where he comes from. No, well, where where he comes from actually is they're apart in um, age. They didn't grow up together, but he grew up a neighborhood across from where Tom Brady grew up. And he also, speaking of Jerry Rice, brought Jerry Rice's daughter to prom. So I don't want to get too graphic here because I'm sure they were young and everything, but I'm sure everyone was consenting. Willing to take a, yeah, a wild guess that Edelman banged Jerry Rice's daughter. So there's always that. But he did. He came from Kent State where okay. he played quarterback. Okay. Uh, he was a seventh-round draft pick, came out of nowhere. And um, you know he was on the team with Wes Welker, and he was kind of just a punt returner and kind of a – you know, didn't get special teams guy basically, yeah. but he filled in on defense when he needed to. He was a true patriot. And um, once they got rid of Welker because he was doing too much coke, uh, Edelman stepped right in and became, I think, a better version than Wes Welker ever was. So, you know, him and Brady were boys till the very end, and um, the end is the end has finally come for Julian, which is crazy to think that Brady outlasted Julian Edelman. He's still going. Edelman's calling the quits, but he is Brady's a true trucking, true true Belichick um, player to. You know, plucked out of obscurity, basically seventh round pick. Kent State. Well, that's where product. I was getting. Yeah. That's where I was getting at. Like yeah. Bill Belichick is. I went a, all the way back. Yeah, you, went, you went way back. Oh, yeah. Way now back. tying this back into sports, I have a question. Um, you know, we go to a lot of games, uh, Boston Joe and I. Um, there's always a dog walking around outside the park by a civilian handler. Doesn't look to be a police handler. Um, and those dogs are walking up and down the lines. Uh, they're walking in and out of people. What is that dog doing? Uh, a lot of them are probably EOD dogs looking for uh, explosive devices, uh, things like that. They're, they're, they'll, it's not, it, it typically is done by a lot of security companies now. Uh, the expense of keeping dogs uh, when the police departments and things like that are really expensive. So a lot of times they hire security companies uh, that are privately funded. That's why you're not seeing the people in uniform. A lot of times they're in plain clothes, uh, but they're looking to keep everybody safe and everybody uh, taken care of. They're not looking for narcotics or anything. They're typically looking for explosives to make sure everybody's going to be fine during the games. I yeah. heard that they have dogs that can sniff out COVID. Is this true? Uh, I mean, I've, I've read stuff. I'd... How the fuck can a dog sniff out the flu? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to get I'm, that. That one's going to be a mind fuck, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't, you don't know how that works. There's, right? a, there's a lot of things that go into scent detection. A lot of times the dogs are looking for something what's different or what's missing, uh, and that's how they're, a lot of them are, are going into the place. As How you're getting in them is like bed bugs. When you're, when you're teaching the dogs to look for bed bugs, you first get the bed bugs, you're teaching the dog to find the odor. Uh, when dogs are really, really uh, skilled, right? Like for you and I, we smell in the food. We, we just smell the totality of the food. Your dog is smelling uh, 0.225 millionths of the fucking odor, right? So, you know, you, you go in there and you, you order a pizza. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a good fucking pizza. Your dog's sitting there smelling the, the yeast, the cheese, the everything that's putting together in there. And then if you eliminate one, all right, and you, and you hide the one element, they're, they're going to go and look for that element. Interesting. So it's, it's a neat little thing to go they're into. the ultimate sommelier. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah right. you can't you can't touch it when it comes into those things. And and a, a lot of times I always tell everybody when you let your dog outside and they stretch their head up in the air, they're trying to smell what all the crickets ate last night as the the crickets fart, uh, because they're able to smell so much and and do so many things in a, in a matter of a millisecond compared to us, right? So when we're teaching these dogs, they're, the handlers are putting in a lot of time making sure the dogs are proofed and ready, so we don't make a bad call and we trust our dogs into doing those things. So it's a really uh, a phenomenal way of just getting in there and trusting them. It's it's cool like that. Way. Is it true that dogs are colorblind? 
Yeah, they have grayscale vision. Okay. So they're like Stevie Wonder. They lie about it and can actually <laughs> yeah. see shapes and shit. I like to call it the I Love Lucy <laughs> show, right? Where, you you know, uh, you watch the show, you definitely know she's wearing red lipstick and a red dress, mm. but obviously scales it's... Scales of gray. Yeah. Scales of gray, right? Uh, the, the best part, I think I like telling everybody with their dog, and, and I guarantee anybody right now that's ever played uh, fetch with their dog, uh, has has experienced this when they threw the ball and their dog goes running over it like 17 times. And they're like, God, what the fuck, man? It's right there, right? And you get all pissed off. Dog ADD. Uh, yeah, what happens is dogs don't rely on their eyesight. They rely on their nose. So what they're doing is what they call a cone effect, and they're running to the end of the cone and realizing the odor is not there anymore, and they spin back, and they spin back oh. until they find it. That's why when they find it, you yeah, yeah, that's a good boy. You got that motherfucker, right? You got you to gotta get pumped up because they in their mind, they just hunted that son bitch down. Mm-hmm. Right, they that threw the ball. I got to catch that some bitch, and they're going out there hunting for it. And that's one of the neat things about it. So everybody's actually gotten to experience how good a dog's nose is when you look past of what you're missing with the eyes. Yeah, see, I, I always thought my dog was just half retarded, and I was like, he's the worst dog ever. He's yeah. walking by the the ball and didn't even see it. Didn't but, even see it. But yeah. to circle back on so, the um, my husky, right? You know, a lot of little kids see him. And he's like, oh, it looks like a wolf. Yeah, is that ever considered to um, train wolves? I actually, uh, the first person I ever apprenticed under uh, trained the wolves in the movie White Fang. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so, I mean, every animal is trainable. Um, it's, it's just the point of getting into psychology of them, figuring out what's driving them, and then repeating the habits enough, you know. So uh, the, the main trick to remember, it takes 30 days to create, 60 days to enforce, 90 days to embed. So after you repeat the habits and you build them up that way, you can really uh, – get what you're looking for in your dog right so you can really change any habit you're looking at yeah because i remember like i back in the day going up to new hampshire that's what we did up in boston uh it was clark's trading post is what it was called and they would train bears okay so i figure if you can train a fucking bear right you can probably train wolves i mean wolves are the canine family just like dogs right i mean i don't you know you said that you knew someone who has trained wolves do you do you think since you haven't done it yet maybe that there is something though a little missing there that's not the same thing as a dog. Obviously, their size is different. Well, you, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to walk into a room and say I know how to train a wolf until yeah. I, you know, I, I believe in studying the animals, figuring out what's driving them. Uh, I mean, if you really think about it, well, let's go into military, right? Our biggest fan base, your biggest fan base here is going to be the military. So when you think about your military, the military uh, had to design a, a training camp to make men into soldiers and Marines uh, in a small amount of time, right? So when you, when you think about it, they had to study. They had to figure out the right age, the right time, the right schedule, the right everything to get these people doing what they need to be doing and know that once they're done with this training, they're going to stay in that in both. Now, I could speak for my Marine Corps career that once a Marine, always a Marine because we're 90-day basic training, right? When we go to boot camp, it's 90 days. The drill instructors are always telling you how to unfuck yourself. Never, They're not telling you how to what you're doing wrong for you to play a guessing game. They're literally teaching you what you need to know. They're driving you for what drives you. And that's why when you leave there, you become uh, you know, a United States Marine, and you're able to go out there and fulfill the need of the United States through, through those things. And that's why every time you meet a Marine, it's once a Marine, always a Marine, because we're all in that same boat. We're all in that same plane. Now, I can't speak for any other branch. Obviously, I wasn't in those, but, you know, for my Marine Corps, my Marine Corps career, you know, Semper Fi truly means what we are, always faithful. And that's what I think drove me into working with dogs. Uh, when I came back from Iraq, that was one of my motivating factors. And I dove into psychology. And when I really got into learning the psychology uh, out there, which is operant condition, classical conditioning, the clever Hans effect, I started thinking back to my Marine Corps career going, damn, these guys are good. 
They studied it, they figured it out, and they keep repeating it to keep out that consistent product. That way, every Marine, and, and you know, I know about That's you why guys. they call you devil dogs. Yeah. You're trained like dogs. Yeah, so you think Wolf. about it. Every Marine out there, you know, it's, a, it's an uncanny brotherhood that we know exactly what we've all been through, and we know exactly what we all need to do. So, so where, did it, where did it all start? What is, if you know, what is the sort of history of training dogs? Is it, you know, we talked about, you know, the Romans back in the day. Where was it in history that people decided? I'm sure, you know, the hunter-gatherers probably yeah, had some I mean, sort of animals. But when did it kind of become established that this was a thing that people had dogs that were highly trained and used them, you know, great to question. fight back? Basically? So, uh, one, one, I got to ask a favor here. Can I get one of those, uh, the glasses, the cups I asked for? Or what did you call it earlier? The cheer wine and rum? Oh, yeah, he wants a cheer wine and lime. He's down from Maryland. You don't have cheer wine up in Maryland. Nah, we do not have cheer wine. But I was down here years ago, tried that stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, my teeth were red. It was crazy. Uh, so, yeah, and still yeah. distilling makes a cheer wine and lime cocktail. Oh, man, I so, can't yeah, wait to yeah, test we'll that. I'll, I'll let you know how good it is. Yeah, that yeah. way everybody can come down and get one. But So your question was how when did, when did it start, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm going to have to say that we've been training animals since the turn of time, right? Yeah. Uh, just like we've been training people and so on and so forth, right? Let's go into that one. Uh, when it comes into documentation so far and, and all the research I've done really documented, uh, let's say, like a, a lesson plan has really started around World War One. Okay. Uh, so that's when dog training started coming in, the study of wolves and pack animals and the alpha dogs and all that kind of stuff started coming in. Uh, and since then, up until present day, dog training has really been uh, versatile, has been studied by multiple different people, uh, becoming a very controversial subject in people's homes and things like that. You know, positive versus negative versus this versus that and coming up with different names, science based and all that other bullshit. And the truth be told, you either train or you don't train. Mm -hmm. Right. As for what the reward is at the end or what the, what the correction is at the end, at the end of the day, it's, it's coming down to every case by case basis. You really can't pick one. Uh, people come to me all the time, Mike, uh, what kind of training do you do? I'm like, I do dog training. I train dogs. And they're like, well, is it positive? Is it this? Is it that? And I'm like, well, are you a dog trainer? Well, no, I need you to train my dog. And I said, okay, well, imagine if I had a carpenter I hired, and I said to him, I said, what kind of power tools do you use? Because if you don't use the right ones, I can't let you work on my deck. Hmm. Right? I don't know how to build anything. Trust me, I'm not the guy that you want to let any around near anything that's powerized. Uh, if it's got a battery plugs in or gas operated, don't let me touch no. it. I'll break that shit and blow everything up around I'm the same it's way. The way. It's just a horrible <laughs> thing. Uh, so looking at it, uh, we've learned so many different things, especially like in a wolf pack, how the alpha dog that we always think about, there's always one alpha that rules them all. Uh, that's a load of shit. Absolute load of shit. We actually decide uh, the alpha of the role is who's best equipped for the, the decision making at the task at hand. So if you when you study the actual wolf pack, they rotate who's in charge based on based on the the task at hand. So if they're hunting, they're going to let the the best hunter lead the way. If they're doing protection, they're going to look at the best the wolf that knows how to best protect them. Mm. Uh, if it's a problem solving, got to figure out a puzzle, they're going to go to the one that can do that best. And if you think about where we are, you know, for example, what we're doing right now, talking and things like that, we have to learn to listen to the people that know and not try to be uh, more egotistical or just, just be on top because fucking I'm the alpha. It's mm. bullshit, yeah. right? Oh, you got to rotate point. that around, right? So it's, I, it's That's way. why I liked being a part of special operations for so long was that <clears throat> you're in a group full of alphas, right? Because that's why you go out for special yeah. operations. But once you get there and you notice that it can't be the alpha of all the alphas, um, and so that's what's cool. Your weapons guy is in charge of all the weapons, and, and he's the smart guy on the weapons. And your commo guy is the, the guy of all the commo. And then you got your engineer who's in charge of all the engineer stuff. And so it's... it's you know, I'm guessing in the Wolfpack sets. Same thing. Same thing, right? Yeah, and if you I mean, take that for example, what you just said when you're out there at Special Ops, not one time are you ever sitting there wondering whose rank is what when the decision needs to be made. 
You're yeah. depending on the expert at that point in time, right? Yeah. So you might have an officer in charge of your uh, uh, your group, but at, at, the, at the end of the day, you're going to go, hey, the, we have a weapons issue. We're going to go to the weapons expert. Right. And that means whatever that person says is what you're doing. And that's the same thing as the dogs do all the time. Yeah. You talked about yeah. versatility within you know, a dog. That's versatility of the group, right? Being able yep. to adjust and adapt and having different people be in charge of different things at different times. As this Fuck, this is good, man. Oh, good. I'm glad you like the Cheerwine and Lime. It's a, you know, what Cheerwine was made in the Carolinas. It's a Carolina staple. If anybody know, wants to know what it's like, I don't know. I think it's like black cherry soda kind of a thing. Cheerwine. How do you describe yeah. a flavor? I don't know. I'm going to describe it with Cheerwine. <laughs> yeah, but cheer, yeah, Cheerwine is a, I guess it would be like more of like a black cherry type yeah, of soda. Yeah, and if Cheerwine wants to sponsor it's us, not a cheer so, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a cherry soda, but it's uh, like a black cherry soda. Um, uh, I know I got a cheesy question for you, but going on that whole thing with the pack dogs and everything, Togo. Did you see the movie Togo on Disney? I, did. Uh, I, I watched it twice. I thought yeah. it was a great movie. Don't know anything about training dogs or how that's supposed to work. More of a um, Balto guy, but that's okay. No, oh, of man. course you would be. You would yeah. be. Yeah. Um, okay. You're also into cuckolds, so that's fun. <laughs> um, what, what did you think about that movie, Togo? And, and just looking at the totality of the movie with the, the dog that you know was kind of the the small runt of the litter that wanted to be given away, and sounds like Julian Edelman. Yeah, I, I mean. It, it, <laughs> The craziest thing to think about is, is, is it was a true story, right? So let's right. L- let's look at that one for what it is. Togo's, uh, a matter of fact, on one of my uh, my show, Dog Talk, uh, a couple of years when Togo That's first right. came you out. That's right. You have a YouTube I have a YouTube podcast. and podcast, yeah, called, Dog, called Talk, Dog Talk, and I have another one called Stuck in the Truck. Okay. Uh, so I actually have two podcasts. They're, they're on the air uh, Tuesday night at 7. Uh, tonight we're having a special episode uh, at the Insta right Distilling here, Company. Uh, we're doing free dog training. So if you guys, uh, anybody down there, we're going to be offering free dog training to anybody that comes to Instill Distillery uh, uh, tonight at 6 p.m. But we also have Stuck in a Truck, which is Wednesday mornings, 845 at BLK9 TV. So, okay, uh, BLK9 so TV. TV. Yep, okay. just throw those initials in there. You'll get both shows. Uh, it's on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, and any podcast platform. So uh, going back into Togo, so I made a special episode about Togo after I saw it because, you know, what, what the best part about the entire movie is that I learned leadership is a key because in that movie you find out that it didn't matter about credit. It mattered about the result. Mm-hmm. And Togo went out there, and it didn't matter the size. It didn't matter the BS. He just went out there, and him and the relationship with his handler, the relationship that they had was uncanny, and it didn't matter the weather at that point in time. It didn't matter the weather. It didn't matter the, the controversies, the, 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 the ice issues, any of that kind of thing. That was the whole point. And even the handler at the end of it wasn't looking for the credit. Right. He was looking for the dog, and they were looking for the success of the people. And that's what the, I, I have to look at that movie going, man, look at this dog uh, and look at the handler. As much as that handler wanted to give that dog up in the beginning, mm-hmm. right, that dog said, fuck you. Yeah. And he found his home, and he knew his mission. And that's one thing i got to give that dog. When that dog knows the mission, it shouldn't matter the size. Uh, when I was back in the day, you know, teaming up handlers with their, with their canines, and, you, and people come to me even to this day uh, asking me, hey, Mike, i got to pick up my new canine. What, am, what should I be looking for? And I always tell them, listen, you want to write down the traits that you're looking for. You want a good nose. You want a good work ethic. You want these things. Don't pick the hair. Don't pick the breed. Don't pick those things because at the end of the day, the right dog is going to come to you meeting those standards when you look past the, let's say, the, the, the visionary, right? The, the appearance the, is like picking out a wife. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta figure it out. You gotta look for the one that's gonna make you dinner. Right? I wanted take blonde, care of you, right? I wanted a blonde. I wanted uh, double D's. Um, I wanted a much bigger ass. I'm just kidding. My wife's got the perfect. <laughs> How ass. does she put up with she's you? She's got the I best tits understand. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and she's got brown hair. 
Um, and I like all of it. And I she would, makes a good hot dog. <laughs> I would assume that you just have like a huge hog to make her happy, but I've seen it and it's not the case. So I don't know what the hell like. It's not the size of the dog. It's the handler. It's not the oh, oh wow. there it is. I gotta give it to him for that. That's, that's, not, that's, a no, that's what she does. She, yeah, he you know, makes her laugh. That's all it takes. She's over there. She's over there giggling. That's all it takes. She's so cute with all that coleslaw falling out of her mouth. Um, <laughs> that name coleslaw. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so with 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 dog handling and, and you see there's you know on TV. There's theatrics, right? Obviously, oh, yeah. um, when you watch some of these shows, Caesar Milan, I knew some of the yeah. whisper stuff. Yeah, we got to. Well, right? it's always the, it's always the prep work. You know, that's it's the guy that you got to go to at any time when you're being interviewed. Everybody, well, he got in up. trouble, Caesar Milan. He got um, charged with animal cruelty. Something about pigs, though. I don't well, know I think when done. you're on top, everybody's going to find yeah, something done. that you're doing that, yeah, that they want to bring you down because that's what people do in this world. They want to find who has the biggest building and they want to tear it down to make their building bigger. Well, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a it's a sign of Zuckerberg. success, right? You know. It's a sign of success. So if you have the more haters you have, yes. the more popular you are. So fuck them. Yeah. What if you're not successful and still everybody hates you, like Boston Joe over there? Uh, <laughs> maybe you're just really an asshole. Just maybe kick you really me while I'm down. But you're uh, fucking do you asshole. watch? <laughs> do you watch any of those shows? Do you follow any of those shows? I, I watched them for a little while. Uh, no, I stopped because the the show just turned into such BS. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, when you when you're watching a lot of television, they. they you know, present the problem, give you the solution, and show you the end result within 60 seconds, uh, really. I mean, that's how long. You think about a half-hour show, you're only watching about 12 minutes of actually show and, right. and, and 20 minutes of, of commercial space. So there's, there's no way they can really go into it. They hide a lot of things that are uh, not realistic. There's no real education going on in them because uh, they're, they're only looking for uh, entertainment. Is there a way to make a 30-minute show or a 12-minute show that brings value and entertainment that's real? Absolutely. I'm actually trying to do that as we speak. Okay. I'm dead serious. Uh, so when I came up with Dog Talk, the intent of me doing the show uh, was to to bring education and camaraderie in the industry to get more people involved with knowledge, true knowledge of dogs uh, and everything in the industry. So instead of hating and, and competing and doing all those things, I'm looking for somebody that will help me sponsor and take me on a road to build a camaraderie and allow all the p different people in the industry to share their education to help everybody out there with dogs. So that's one of my my. So you're doing the opposite of tearing somebody else's building down. You're actually trying to I'm trying show to other people their building. Like, hey, yeah. look how big this building yeah, is I that mean, this guy built in this town, and look at this in this town, and look at this in this area. Yeah, and we can learn from each of those. I, I respect yeah. that. I mean, it's it's not very often that you find people. Um, now it's been rough. It's been a rough road. Yeah, it's been well. Rough. I mean, anything successful. Yeah, is be rough. Uh, literally, I actually pitched my idea to a television channel, and they said, uh, "There's no drama there. Nobody hates each other." So uh, yeah, we got interested. What if we like, make a show that's uh, Rottweilers versus pit bulls? Yeah, Mike, Mike Vick already what, did that, <laughs> <laughs> and he, it didn't work well for yeah, him. So. I was literally told that unless I can pin the companies versus each other, they will not pick up the show. And I said, well, that's the fucking problem because yeah. what you're trying to do is here's the thing is you go across the country. I meet all these amazing people that own doggy daycares, kennels, grooming, uh, training facilities and everything like that. And, and the thing is that everybody has something level of knowledge from their different training. Right. Right. I mean, when you think about like look at look at Delta Force. Right. Made up of all different branches of service. They took the experts involved in making a massive uh, just kick ass fucking machine. Right. It's this thing. Yeah. About it, right. Now. When we, I try to go out there to create this camaraderie, uh, you're getting met with the adversity of uh, now we're competing. And like I said, I tried to pin this to the show, and it, it got hit with you got to pin them against each other. So I'm 
doing my best. That's why I'm, I'm down here tonight to teach dog training on yeah. our show, Dog Talk. I'm really wanting to get the, the education of dogs out there because not everybody can afford true dog training and uh, that's what comes down to a lot of problems right so now we have tons of rescues popping up dogs being left off at shelters and all these things and i want to i want to do my best to help the dogs stay in their homes i think that's cool because you own a dog training company but you're giving all these outlets to get free dog training to kind of bypass that so i mean it's a strange business plan it's a strange business model but it's a respectable one i don't think a lot of people go that route these days. I think everybody's like, yeah. "How do I get more money? How do I how do I pit other people? Um, you know, how do I put other people down so that my company's the best dog training?" But what you do actually is, you know, you're, you're just solely passionate about the animal. You're passionate yeah. about the the handler. And that's really cool, yeah. man. That's I, really, I really really cool. I, I'm gonna kid you. I wouldn't have done this if it was so. I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for everybody that helped me along my journey. Sure. And that's why I want to help other people. I mean, even right now, this seat that I'm sitting in wouldn't have occurred if I didn't meet Jeff, the owner of the Raleigh location, if we didn't hit our hit our friendship. And, you know, even Jeff has opened me up to so many different things. And it's the fact that I can now take what he's taught me and share it to the next person and bring back what I learned from each person that I come across. I mean, the camaraderie I learned in the military, law enforcement, and you see how people get pinned against each other for bullshit. It's, I'm just done with it. Right. And I really think that there's such a camaraderie, such a team out there that we can change that by teaching people the right way and how to do things. If only our politicians educators. could be more like that. APAC. Uh, we would have a, uh, we would have a very successful APAC country. APAC is all politicians Again. are cunts. But I have yeah. a question. What are some of the, like, the biggest problems you've run into? Do you have people sort of rebelling against you, PETA, who can get fucked? You don't want to say it, but I'll say it, PETA. <laughs> fuck you. Well, let's go. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll tell you flat out. We have the biggest problem you have is television, mm -hmm. uh, because the nobody on television wants to actually educate people, right? So they want to create the controversy, create the bullshit. So then what happens is when you go out there to train somebody about leash pressure, leash control, uh, how to use the equipment properly, how to educate your dog, take your time, build a reward in your dog. They're like, no, tree training is the only way. And you're like, no, tree training is not the only way. There's so much more out there. Because here's the thing. Uh, you know, as a chunky dude myself, uh, I can honestly tell you that I love pepperoni pizza. I'd do anything in the world for a pepperoni pizza. Anything? All right. Well, there's limitations. Anything? But I will actually, I will tell you this right now. I you won't, I won't cut the fucking grass. So, uh, <laughs> so I won't, there are some limitations. So as much as I love pepperoni pizza, my wife is going to sit there and tell you that uh, she cuts the grass. Shit. Fuck, man. I ain't touching that shit. I literally got a fine when I first bought my first house. I got a fine from the city telling me I didn't cut the grass. I said, they're like, you don't cut that shit? I was like, I ain't Dude, touching listen, that I woke up. I came in last I night. Like, my wife was reading books to my children. It was 730 at night. And she said, um, honey, would you like to read one of these books to the kids? And I said, no, I have to go mow the lawn. She said, it's 730. I went out in the fucking garage. I I've got two acres. Yeah. I pulled the lawnmower out and Humble I started brat. fucking mowing. I'm not reading any books yeah. to uh, six-year-olds and But that's because you can't read. Yeah, I was going to say. I well, yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm not cutting I the love grass. cutting the grass. <laughs> no I put in a podcast. I listen to Dog Talk. Um, and then yeah. I go in there and I, and I cut the grass. So with, with Dog Talk... Uh, do, does anybody ever lash out to you to get to catch any negativity from anybody that says like you're doing it wrong? Because we don't get that with our show. No, and only, uh, oh, yeah. only when you start so talking I'm about positive. women and sports. Yeah, so uh, with my two shows, no, I haven't gotten anybody telling me I'm uh, you know doing anything wrong or anything. And I think it's because I stick really with the education, and I build up local businesses. So uh, a lot of my guests on the show that I've had, I've had other dog trainers, uh, pet groomers. Uh, private companies that are selling really great products on, on, in the dog industry. And, uh, we're getting ready to, you know, I really want to take the show on the road, 
but I need some sponsorship, need some help. You know, it's a little yeah. costly, and that's really what I'm looking for, some help on that one to get it out there and get our message out there as we build uh, local Blue Line Canine Training Centers and get out there and build out this dog talk to help other industries and kennels and stuff like that. So, no, I haven't – I personally haven't been hit with the uh, the stuff on social media. Yeah. But in life, I get hit with it all the time. I get arguments everywhere I go. Um, matter of fact, we were just at the, uh, the Home and Garden show, right, and a uh, person – Immediately comes up, oh, I know dog training. <laughs> You're like, what? Okay. Uh, so she's like, what kind of methods? And they start arguing with you yeah. with your methods. And, a Karen. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What well, was a guy? So I believe yeah. that down here they called a Kyle. Is it yes, called a no, Kyle? No, no, that's not what we no, call No, it him. is called a Kyle or no, a Chad. It's called a Kyle. No, no, Kyle no. or a Chad. He's <laughs> called a cuck. It's called uh, a cuck. Yeah, we, we, call we call him a cuck. A Just a cuck. straight uh, cuck. A cuck, yep. Okay, yeah, I'm he loves so to watch his much. wife get fucked. No. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, mm. proceed with your story. There's levels of cuckle, too. We can talk about that later. Oh, I have to learn so much while I'm on my journey <laughs> down here. Oh, my God. But I think that's everywhere in life. Like, you know, if you're a baseball coach and you're a batting coach, of course you're going to have different techniques and you're going to shit on the other batting coach and you're going to think that you're the best batter in the world um but yeah. you know i think that you know when you look at your company when you look at your social media when you look at your following you know like i said we ride around town here we see you guys everywhere yeah we see your truck all up and down matter of fact i was doing sales in anger north carolina a couple of days ago saw the truck cruise by me um the old blue line canine camouflage mobile so i mean obviously you guys i don't yeah. see any other dog handler shit out there like yeah we're, we're definitely out there we uh, we actually have the dog talk rv now Oh, shit. Uh, which is a giant coachman. Can we go tailgating in it? Absolutely. If we go, if we go to a Baltimore game, I Ravens will gladly game, go there. Can we fucking tailgate Fuck in yeah. the uh, Are you a Ravens RV? fan? I'm actually a Giants fan. Oh, even oh, worse. Cool. I am, even worse. I'm, Fuck from, both those teams. I'm uh, from a small town called Richville Park, New Jersey, uh, oh. you know, and then uh, hung out in the Hoboken area. What then, brought uh, you to Maryland or Baltimore? Uh, I, that's where I started my police career. Okay, so, yeah, so when you, I was a, you definitely need more cops in Baltimore. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, you need so, all the cops you can get. Yeah, there. so uh, the, the weirdest part about the story is how my family actually migrated to, to Maryland, which is simply is a four to one ratio. Uh, my brother Brian went to Towson University, uh, where I uh, years later became uh, got to be a guest speaker in a psychology department. Uh, meanwhile, I don't even have a college education. But I got really good at psychology, so uh, I get to guest speak in the psychology department and uh, talk about psychology to all the new students at Towson University. But uh, it's a four-to-one ratio. So when I was in the Marine Corps, hey, I did the math. (laughs) If I was going off on leave, I'm going to see my brother in college. I'm definitely not going to see mom and dad. Right, right, right. right. uh, So next thing I know, I started liking the area. And uh, when I got out of the Marine Corps, uh, that's where I put my applications out. And that's where I started my law enforcement careers in Maryland, and we just continued there. And so your other handler here in Raleigh, um, I believe it was Jim, Jeff Malzon, great guy, great guy. Um, he heads the company here, and right, right in mm-hmm. Raleigh, he's the head of the the company yeah. here, uh, Malzon. And um, you know, he was ex law enforcement back from Michigan. Yeah, he he started correct. his career in uh, Michigan. Uh, is it Rapid Falls? Wyoming, Wyoming. That's it. That's, oh, I, that's, okay. I, it's right. Wyoming uh, police. You got department. Wyoming and Michigan confused? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't he know. did. No, I think I did too. Oh. I don't know. It's weird. They're, uh, they're vastly different, I think. No, the town's Wyoming. <laughs> oh, now yeah, I'm Wyoming, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, it's Wyoming, Michigan. So yeah, I'll just Wyoming, go fuck Michigan. myself. Yeah, yeah, you should. Ooh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, and, and he was a Raleigh police canine handler who I worked with um, when I was a cop in Raleigh. 
Uh, you Craig, were a cop Craig, in Raleigh? I was. I How was, did that go? Uh, it was great. I got fired. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I got the question, it's though. The way, it's the best thing that could have happened, yeah, right? Best how, thing ever. How yeah. many dogs do you have right now? I personally own three. 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 And what kind of dogs do you have? I have a Belgian Malinois, a German Shepherd, and a Skipper Key. A what skipper the what? fuck is skipper a Skipper? Key. I hardly know her. <laughs> yeah, she's, she, is, uh, she is a fucking firecracker. Love that little dog. Uh, she's about 16 pounds. Oh, Looks like a one. tiny little German Shepherd. Acts tougher than the big ones, I'm sure. Actually, she is fucking tougher than the big <laughs> ones. Uh, if you do a little research on the breed, uh, she, she leaks. One of the tricks that we put her on is she perches on my shoulder so I can have a parrot. Uh, nobody, nobody wanted to let oh, me have a cool. bird. So. She ever dyed its hair yeah. to make it look like a parrot? Nah, man. She's <laughs> she she's all black. She's uh, cool. a little wow. badass, and and she I rescued her. Uh, it was really cool. So one of my uh, at the time when she came in to rescue, I couldn't take her at the time. Uh, just with the way the company was going, I, I didn't have enough time to dedicate to the dog, and it was killing me, literally okay. killing me. I, I fell in love with this dog. I was like, oh, my God, this dog has the right personality, everything that matches me. She's fucking crazy. She's high drive. She's everything I always wanted in a small dog. And uh, a person I was training, her name's Alicia, she wound up adopting a dog for me, or adopting a dog in home. And uh, I always let her know, man if, I, man, if I just had the time, I would take that dog off your hands and once uh, my schedule sort of opened up, she turned to me and she goes, hey, do you, do you want to take her in? I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> I took her in and she's been the, uh, one of the best dogs I ever trained. Because I always wanted the little dog uh, after, especially uh, I had uh, nine Belgian Malawas, four German Shepherds. I had so many big dogs. And, and luckily I've been blessed with having uh, Blue Line Canine and training literally hundreds of dogs a year. So I get to work with every breed, every person uh, across the board. I mean, we've trained dogs. Uh, that with behavioral issues where, you know, w- one of the biggest things that come to us all the time is when people tell the tell the owners that their dog needs to be put down and we're their last hope. And it's always been one of the things about us where I'm like, you know, we can't do that last hope bullshit. And I and I and I think that comes back from my military time and even my law my law enforcement time of saying you, you just can't give up on these dogs. You, you can always train something new. You can get the control you need. You can bring the balance to the dog. Uh, there's no reason to give up. Uh, when you see all these, uh, which which is great because it's a big drinking bros thing. Never give up. We, you know, that was what drinking bros was founded on. Is that we were just simply tired of veterans committing suicide. No veteran should ever drink alone. That's where it started eight years ago. Zuckerberg has a problem with that. Um, that's sad. You see a lot of service dogs out and about. I I, I think it's a great thing, um, and I think that. I, I, there's a lot of argument. There's a lot of contention. Yeah, I was about to I say, think. this is actually more controversial than the Caesar Milan question. It is. It yeah. is. Um, there is a lot of controversial. I think as a whole, um, you know, you, you pit somebody with a dog. If they need to be around the dog, do we really need the dever- government to, to get in the way and say that this is a, is a, a proper dog? Never. Um, well, so technically the government isn't involved. Okay. Uh, so this is where the problem comes into play. Uh, the, the problem is the government is not involved in any which way to create the standard that allows the, the, this, what we need. And, and I say I, I argue that I like the fact that if a dog does bite somebody in public, which happens very rarely uh, with these service dogs, at least you don't hear about it a lot. I mean, the insurance, the, the responsibility is on the dog owner. Um, why yeah. is that? Why is that? Why are we contending against that? Like, who gives a fuck? It's like you drive your car not getting inspected, like in Florida. They don't inspect cars, but if you wreck your car because your tires were bold, well, then you get a ticket. Yeah. For, for well, the big the, the problem is that you have is a lack of education again. That's why we, with Blue Line Canine, is one of my biggest things is teaching everybody what we need to know, how to educate your dog, how to educate yourself, stay on top of the rules, regulations, so you can prevent 
sure. bullshit problems. When it comes to new service dogs, therapy dogs, emotional support dogs, people are going on eBay, buying a vest, throwing it on their dog, and calling it a day. They're not actually doing the training sure, that's necessary. Sure, but rather than force the masses because those few assholes go on eBay and buy fake ones instead of forcing the masses well, no, to it's, it's, more so it's not it's, it's not even that they're enforcing it that's the problem they're not enforcing it they're leaving unless it to the they private get companies. unless they get bits yeah then the so then they, then the then the enforcement comes down right on the and the owner which i'm fine with yeah, I'll I'm, be I mean, honest I, I, I'm I think fine with that i think because i feel like like my father um he, you know he's got a dog He's never been an animal person. Yeah. He's always been somewhat of an asshole his whole life. He finally finds this dog. It's a, uh, a blue healer. Okay. And the guy's obsessed with it. He loves it more than my grandkids. He loves it more than yeah. me. Uh, he does. It's, it's, it's obnoxious. How are you going to... Never mind. Not, well, you don't even have a dad, so you wouldn't understand yeah, exactly. dad's what the feelings. Exactly. <laughs> And so you have, you have all these issues. And, uh, but you know what? Like, that is his emotional support yeah. dog. That dog would never bite anybody. He doesn't take it around with a vest. He doesn't even own a vest for it and everything because he's like, but, you know, I tell my dad, Dad, you should get that thing a vest so that you don't have to leave it in your car well, when you're going but to But that's where, see, even you right now, you're on two different subjects, right? So an emotional support dog's not a service dog. Yeah, there okay, is a difference. So a service dog is Teach performing me, a task. Me. Yeah, a service dog is performing a task that you need the dog for. Okay. So, uh, for example, like we have a lot of veterans that can't hear right. Sure. So, they, so what happens is you need a dog that's going to pick up your keys if you drop them and pick things up. If you, you hear things, they're going to warn you about things that you might be coming from. A seeing eye dog is a, is a mobility dog for people that have sta- un- unstable issues. They can't walk right. Boston Joe's using his dog to get yeah. pussy. Is that considered a service dog? Um, at that point? Well, I mean, it's performing all, a service. First okay. of all, let me it just say. It is performing say. a service. Now, the question is, does he have to still pay for it? That's the big one, right? <laughs> he does, unfortunately. No, I, yeah. I pay for it after when I'm itchy and scratchy. Uh-huh. But um, no, to they be honest. a shot to, for that now. I to, think it's called a COVID. No, just, fuck that. <laughs> Especially the Johnson & Johnson one. Nobody get that anyway, by the way. But um, no, I got more pussy with my doggo when he was a little pup because he was so cute. Oh, yeah. But since we're talking about the emotional support bullshit, right? Yeah. We talk about the fake shit. Well, I mean, it's not fake. So well, he, he, let, let's it can be this one. because so, I because kind of, that's, that's where my argument so, is. My dad's so a much let, better let's go, person. Let's go. Let's look at this in a, on, a, on, a, on a bigger thing, right? Okay. So the emotional support is helping us come out of different things that we had issues with. When I came home from Iraq, you had to come up with a ton of different versatility issues that you're going through. And because of the dog, I was able to educate myself and now come out here, build a, build a company, lead the way, retire from law enforcement, and continue doing this journey. And it's because of the dogs that I'm introducing myself to people and coming out of a crowd. If, if, you know, if it, The dogs are what's doing it for me. So if I had to look back on it, my first dog technically would have been an emotional support dog. The only difference is I called it my training dog, and I started educating myself and training the dog. And that's why I'm going to simply say that if you're a veteran you want to own a company right now, you want to get into this, hey, reach out to us. Simple as that. You can check me out. Go on Facebook, BLK9 TV. Send me a message. I'm interested in working with you. I want to get you out there because the education is going to help you relearn what you need to relearn to get out there. So emotional support dogs are a necessity that sure. are out there. The only downside is they're not able to do the things that service dogs then. You know, yeah. you can't have a, an emotional support dog around food and in grocery stores and things like that because technically they don't need to be the standard of training. Exactly. Uh, then you have a therapy dog. A therapy dog is providing emotional support and comfort to others. So people with a therapy dog is not providing comfort to themselves. Those are the people that are let's say sound body and, and they know how to train and they train the dog to go to uh, special places like uh, uh, retirement homes, hospitals, things like that and build a relationship. Right. And, and comfort them and get them out of it because they can't work the dog. And then you have your service dog. Right. 
and then you have your service dog that's providing a service. You're whipping out a credit card. You well, no, it? I was gonna oh, say I, I with ready. the with the emotional support dog thing. I'm I'm all for that. Okay. The only reason why I said it was bullshit is because I bullshitted it. Now bullshitted it. Okay. Past tense. Can you say that? Sure. It's a word. Um, now I. Not to sound too corny here, but I'm a man who loves his dog. And I truly believe that he feels my emotions. If yeah. I start getting heated, he starts. And he's a husky. Okay. Like, we talk about his yeah. loud mouth like me and the whole thing. <laughs> right. But. So you talk shit to each other. Talk shit. It's all yeah. we do all day. Now, I think that we, you know, emotionally support each other. Sure. But maybe I tried to fudge it to get a couple extra bucks off my rent at certain places that I okay. stayed at. Which is a thing, right? They would yeah. say, you know. Show the card and everything, and, and here I am with the card. All I had yeah, to do is pay fit. $70 online and go, hell yeah, he's my emotional support animal. Correct. So this Shit. organization is all bullshit. Exactly. I know it <laughs> so is, the, so the but problem it worked. Is, right, but see, the problem is that this is what I was just saying about the lack of consistency across the board. The organizations that are, that are sitting there, hey, you uh, send me 50 bucks and I'll send you a fucking certificate. Exactly. Hey, it's listen, if you want a certificate, you go to buy a fucking computer, they're standard. All you have to do is type the damn shit out. True, that too. I right? mean, that's what it comes down to. You don't need a certificate. Anybody, oh, I'm certified. Certified means what? You're yeah. backed by who? So the question is, when you look at that card, right, essentially you can say fucking backed by Sesame Street at the end of the day. It doesn't <laughs> matter because if the person wants to believe it, they believe it. Yeah. You're still going to be liable for the dog. Save that's me like why, three grand. So oh, I'm sure of it. But that's why you got to find the dog training companies that are willing to back you and create a standard that you can hold to, just like we do in law enforcement. We hold a standard to our dogs, and the military is the same. We hold a standard to the dogs. The dogs have to perform a task. If they don't, then they are not able to do the job. And that's where a lot of these companies, like I said, well, that's why I want to take this mission out there. And I'm looking for people to join on and support me and continue this journey of bringing people together so we can create a standard. So somebody like yourself that, that needs a dog or, or wants a dog, we can create the standard and have that across the board. Yeah. But you're not going to get the standard when education is randomized. You know, you have, oh, I'm a science-based trainer. Okay, motherfucker, what's the science? Hmm. Well, that's been skewed. Well, here's for it's a not skewed. It's, now. it's Dr. Skinner. Neil deGrasse Tyson has something to yeah, say yeah, about I mean, that. Here, it, when you could come around and tell somebody that's science based, I'm going to flat out say, who's your doctor? Right? It's Dr. Skinner is operating conditioning. Dr. Pavlov's Dr. Pavlov's Dr. Seuss. Computer. So if you don't know those names, how can you say it's science based? Those are the, the experiments that showed us op, uh, classical conditioning, operant conditioning, which is what we know today as your markers positive, intermediate, negatives. That's what we know to be habits. Like right now, because of classical conditioning, is how you got dressed today. It's how we do what we do, right? So when our parents are dressing us, if they're right-handed, we would tend to put our left foot in our pair of pants first hmm. because they re they reached out with their right hand. So when you were a toddler, oh, you shit. put your left foot in I first. So now you in. get fucking dressed, and you're like, oh, left foot. Now all of a sudden he's sitting there having a fucking headache because he's like, holy shit. Oh, my God. My parents are right-handed. Who knew? Holy fuck. Right? And then we think about that kind of stuff, and we think about when we think about muscle memory, when we go to the, the firing range, right, how many times do you dry firing? What is that for? Fucking muscle memory. Pavlov, bitches. Classical conditioning. Yeah. This is what we know, right? So now here's the greatest thing I'm going to tell you right now. You can share it. Everybody watching, this is the secret to it all. You ready? From zero to one, we are taught what they call terminal markers. That's when your mom and dad come over to you and go, oh, you did poopies. And they rub your belly and you make it all fucking happy, right? Yeah. And then from one to two, they teach you intermediate markers. This is where we're taught encouragement, right? Come on, baby. You can walk. You can walk. Take the step, buddy. That's all that encouragement. Then two to three, with parents call it Terrible twos. And if you're a parent, you know what terrible twos are. And that's when we introduce our kid's first name and middle name together. Right? Mm, and that's called a negative marker. Now, we look at operant conditioning. There's three points that have to be done in operant conditioning. Positive, intermediate, negative. So as a human, we are learned in the first three years of our lives those three things. But we get a puppy, and we expect them to know what fucking no means. 
Yeah. No, don't piss on the rug. No, uh-uh, uh-uh, and I'm a fucking dolphin from SeaWorld. <laughs> Come on, you got to teach the dog what you want them to do. Don't even worry about the negative, because here's the thing. If I teach you how to be successful, you won't fail. Interesting, interesting. I mean, think about everything you've ever done. When you self-educated and you won, that journey was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. You found it to be the most rewarding and thing that, to the point where the day you die, you're going to brag about it. I mean, it, it was. But like, like I, I always say like my greatest accomplishment wasn't getting selected. It wasn't graduating certain schools. It wasn't becoming a cop. It wasn't any of that stuff. It wasn't even in this podcast. It wasn't even the distillery. I think the, the defining moment in my life where I felt the most pride wasn't even getting married or having kids. <laughs> but it was getting my certified specialist of wine exam. Um through the Society of Wine Educators, yeah. that's who okay. certifies that. Um, but it, it is—it was the one thing that I studied for on my own, uh, without being in the industry. It had a seventy percent fail rate, and um, it was completely outside of my box. And it was something that nobody could help me with because I don't know any other certified yeah. specialists of wine. I didn't know anybody else that had been through the test, and I had to study oh, so from better. from the uh, from the get go. Yeah, the sun just disappeared. It's a quick it little. It's just fucking lost like six pounds sitting here. Yeah, well, that's oh, good. That's right. what we do here. Um, <laughs> is is we help you lose weight. Well, we're yeah. trying to dolphins. Though. For the record, it, it took me a while to get this fat, and I you know I worked really hard <laughs> eating a lot of pizza <laughs> and not cutting grass. Uh, you realize how yeah. hard that is to get rid of it, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, well, I mean, it's well. The idea is I don't want to lose any of it. I, I really learned all. You know, I did. I worked hard. That's one way to look at it. That's a positive. It's a positive spin. Positive reinforcement. That's right. You know, I did the reinforcement of pepperoni pizza into my success. I use uh, Pornhub, um, Pornhub for all my learning. Is if that you why log you have on jacked to, forearms, yeah. yeah. If you log on to Pornhub, well, I think I was I given didn't a disservice. That his forearms are bigger than his biceps. Yeah, he reminded me of Popeye. The jerk like off a, muscle. Right was, uh, yeah, I thought he just really like spinach. If you uh, <laughs> if you if you watch the Pornhubs these days or the YouTubes, I, what I feel like is a huge disservice is my mother did not jerk me off. While I was in high school doing homework, um, all these kids on Pornhub, they're like, oh, what are you doing? And the kid's like, I'm studying, but I'm having the worst time. And the mom's like, oh, oh that's because you need a release. They jerk him off. And then they learn Jesus the, the uh, yeah, I curriculum. I think I'm my chair slightly you over see, for this, this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I never had that. Because his mom doesn't listen and my mom does. So, like. Did your mom Dude. jerk you off as a child, and that's so, why you're so smart? <laughs> you mentioned dolphins. <laughs> dolphins. You mentioned never, dolphins. I don't know where we're going with this, guys. It's about to, it's about to get real Well, deep, dolphins, ironically really enough, are the only other than us, are the only animal that has sex just straight for pleasure, which yeah. leads me to believe that they're probably the smartest animals around, which studies show that they are. Nothing mm-hmm. to do with the sex part. But have you ever thought about going into other animals? Because, um, you know, maybe no, I, you get... I prefer to sex with women. I was going to say, the doggy <laughs> style, the yeah, doggy just, style I, gets old I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the humans when it comes to my <laughs> sexual care, uh, p- uh, choices. I just don't really... Uh, are you into you know, furries? No, I'm, t- I'm okay with hey, we that. We don't okay kink shame him. We, we don't, don't kink shame. shame. No, but uh, dolphins uh, yeah. Dolphins are the second smartest animal. Let me ask you this. Yeah, I just don't know if I could swim and fuck at the same time. Uh, it's just a little awkward to me. Uh, you know, as I said, do I'm slightly overweight. they do it right in the blowhole? Is that how I, it works? I don't really know. I didn't do that much studying, but apparently you did, so I'm loving to hear how you swim and fuck at the same time. I personally just have enough struggle one way. You oh, know, you haven't been I, in a hot tub with me. I've had a drought. I've had a dry spell lately. If a dolphin is, comes on to me, I'll consider. It. <laughs> yeah. I gotta be. Listen, it's, all, it's all about the right. It's all about the right squeak, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, pet, pet people are weird. I have a dog. Yeah. You're gonna meet my dog tonight. Um, it's a chocolate lab mixed with either a Rottweiler or a German Shepherd. We've heard it all. Um, I'm not a huge animal person. 
Which, I was raised which is a not warning care. sign right there. Um, I was warning raised not sign. to care. Like all my dogs lived outside. They were brought into the garage when it got excessively cold. But when I grew up, the dogs stayed outside. Yeah, hundred percent of the time, they had dog houses. They weren't in a fence. They didn't have any. Uh, there wasn't any rules. And the dog would come back. For you. The dog would come back fucked up from getting bit by an alligator or something. It's fucked up. You would wow, just uh, you'd throw some peroxide on its face. Do whatever oh, you got to yeah, do. Yeah. Um, if it had a snake bite in the throat, you just kind of gave it uh, Benadryl and you you hoped it got it worked. We never went to the vet as a child ever. That's why I love my dog more than I my love My dog you. lived forever, yeah. though. My lab lived forever. I try to treat my dog this way. We're in a neighborhood that doesn't have a uh, homeowner's association. However, one of the neighbors didn't like that my dog was out all the time, even though my dog would never hurt a fly. Um, anyway, I died. What did you tell them? Did yeah. you tell them get I, I, I'm not a dog. I'm not a pet person. I don't like cats in the house. I don't like any animals. I let my do- my dogs in the house, but we, I like them to be free outside as much as possible. Um, but there's people that sleep with their dogs. Uh, they my thing is, is like, why? Uh, why does your dog got to be in the bed with you? Does the bed got to be? In Dexter the- sleeps in the bed with me. I don't care. Well, I'll, I'll, so I gotta gross. go. I'm gonna answer his question because I know I, I just totally threw it off with the whole sex thing. Uh, but <laughs> uh, so the reason why I haven't gone into other animals yet is because my mission, uh, building relationships between owners and their dogs, is not complete yet. So until I get that mission complete, I don't want to jump off of and go into different animals. Uh, when I teach seminars, psychology of it, it can be utilized across the board. We do tap. Uh, we do discuss prey animals versus predators, so like people that work with horses and things like that. We do discuss it in the psychological points. Uh, but uh, my cousins in Puerto Rico, they are, are horse trainers of Pasifino uh, hmm. and things like that. So I, I do have uh, some level and, and opportunity to go and work with them. Uh, but I don't want to switch out and uh, cloud what my mission is right now. And I want to get out there, build right. our brand, build our company, and build the education out there. So it's one of those things. And going back into the sleeping with your dog, right? Yeah. So, a lot of times that comes down to is it's not it really came out I think wrong when I said sleeping with your dog after the whole sex with the dog no 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 it's fine but, uh, we were following you yeah I, okay good I've had a lot of rum today uh, yeah <laughs> I, I haven't had enough so we're gonna we're gonna and this stuff is fucking fantastic but you know I, like um, we have friends man like and I know that they like, and they cuddle they, yeah, they, yeah, they mean, have the to dogs cuddle. in there all the fucking time dude yeah like, fuck so. Yeah. At the Ugh. end of the day, you know, disgust me. It's it's not it's it, everyone's why is going to be slightly different. So I'm sure. not going to sit here and judge and, and no, guess and all those things. No, you can't shame them. We can't uh, shame but them. But at the at the end of the day, if you want to sleep with your dog, sleep with your dog. You want to cover your dog, cover your dog. I'm not going to sit here and judge you because a lot of trainers be you know you're not allowed to sleep with the dog. You're not allowed to have the dog in your bed. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. Here's the thing: control doesn't come down to what they're allowed to do. Control and obedience is the simple. So let's think of obedience. Obedience is the response to uh, is the instant response of obeying. Obeying is the instant response to a command. Right. So if you think about it you're you're when you're in the military and stuff like that they're giving you the ability of freedoms but you have to listen to orders right, right. so when you think of your dog if you're saying hey i want the dog to sleep in a bed with me it makes me feel comfortable again going back to your emotional support your insecurities and building a comfort right yeah but as long as you can dictate to the dog when they're allowed or not allowed in the bed you're still in control okay. yeah. so as long as you keep control you are still going to be i feel like if my dog my dog loves to watch me have sex i kick yeah. him out all the time but like, if my yeah, kids I mean, aren't I mean, home you, and we're fucking, that dog, that dog right? like clitter clatters down the damn wooden hallway. We have wooden floors, so you can hear them. And it's like we'll start smashing. Kids will be gone. Doors will be open. Dog starts clacking. and He wants to watch. I think it's the creepiest right. thing in the so world. So if the dog licks your balls, is that a threesome? I, I would never. Mm. That, that's the thing. That's bestiality, and I think that's illegal in the couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I don't think it's you know, gay, straight, to, or bi. If it's yeah. an animal, it's just it's just bestiality. It's the way it's going. If the dog's walking. I mean, sorry, watching. If the dog is watching, does that mean he's kind of the cuck? Is, is that a cuckold? Yeah, he's, he's licking a, the red rocket. Listen, a, I, I can tell you one thing. Does he have a button to push the cheers? You no, I definitely get one out. of those. Like, I can hear him coming down. You so get just... one of those like little red buttons for the dog to push. But that? they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> we love the drops. That was we love new. The drops. That's Good. new. Is that something new we got? Yes, it's drops because we have the. It's pro- just a lot of rum that he's business. had. He's, he's taking a rum Rito over there. Yeah. I can see the salt on the. <laughs> you son <laughs> of a bitch, no. You son of a bitch. But my dog would know. He'd be up on the bed. And, you know, maybe with a lover or an ex-lover along the way, once the kissing and mingling starts happening, he, we didn't even have to say anything. He got right off the bed. He knew it was, Dude, not mine. Mine's a fucking cuck bitch. He's like, <laughs> what you doing over there? What's that position? What's that position? Try something new, homie. It's not working. Yeah, you is that what he tells you? Bed. What else yeah, does he tell yeah. you? It's like, so your dog yeah. tells you how to fuck your wife. Absolutely. Interesting. I don't, well, he doesn't like anymore because I kick him out of the bedroom. Well, I wonder why he's trying to peek through the windows and he's trying to give you coaching tips. He is. Yeah. Is he fixed? No, I guess that's yeah, a good question. Do you, are all the trained dogs, do you prefer fixed dogs, uh, spayed and neutered? Are you a Bob Barker guy? Have your pet spayed or neutered? Uh, so I, I believe that you need to do your own research. I mean, there are certain dogs that truly need to be fixed and uh, uh, immediately. Um, but at the same point in time, you know, it's not a, an all-inclusive one way or the other. You know, it's, it is another controversial subject, but at the end of the day, you have to look at what you're doing with your dog, right? So if your dog has a hernia or has something wrong with it or things like that, you need to, you're probably going to have to get him neutered for their benefit. But when you're sitting there doing the math on, let me fix my dog because he's six months old, uh, well, that's going to hurt their growing abilities. Interesting. Uh, they okay. need the testosterone just like we do to get stronger muscles, bones, all these different things. So when you fix the dog too young... You're, you're messing those things up. But at the same point in time, sometimes that is a health issue uh, or it's something that you have to deal with with your living conditions or the scenario that you're in. So I, I don't really pick one side or the other. I look at it as a case-by-case basis. Even my dogs, um, I had my German Shepherd had a hernia. So I had to get him fixed because the hernia alone was going to cause issues. Mm-hmm. And having the, one of his testicles raised like that is going to cause aggression because of the testosterone not being released properly. Yikes. So there's a lot of little things that go into it, and that's why I would normally tell people that they really need to sit down, do the research as a family, and figure out what's best for the, fit for them. Um, as for, oh, if I neuter them, it, causes, it gets rid of aggression, uh, that's called a sales pitch. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, my dog is uh, he's mean Gets and me every he's time. That. Got and they go, hey, uh, if you neuter him, it's going to fix him, right? And then you, you get his balls chapped off, and then you bring him back, and they're like, he's still aggressive. <laughs> he's he's the, pissed at you. He's the exception. You know, he's the exception. Uh, and then... What happens is they then they get my business card. You Lance Armstrong, your dog. Yeah. yeah. So I always tell people like this, just because you Lance, you just get yeah, Lance Armstrong. That's a good one. Because actually, <laughs> I use him as my analogy for this. Is he's hey, still uh, aggressive as fuck? Yeah. They're like, hey, ball. so I neutered the dog. He's still aggressive as fuck. And I'm like, Lance Armstrong run a Tour de France <laughs> and dated Cheryl Crow. Well, yeah. He also yeah. seven he also, Tour de France. But he doped with uh, really with him. brain cancer, lung cancer, and testicular cancer. And I don't care what the fuck he did. Blood doping. Uh, who gives a no, shit? He also got um, Cheryl Crow at that time. Yeah. Eric so, Captain Bang Cheryl Crow for a little bit too. Which, yeah. again, is Tansy's namesake. It is, he was shitting so. on his dad being an yeah. asshole. His dad named him after Eric Clapton. You can't get much cooler <laughs> than that. Let's be fucking real here. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. What songs did Cheryl Crow sing? Um, Doesn't matter. Uh, Noel, help us out here. I know she had one with Kid Rock. Every day is a winding road. Oh, a winding road. Her music sucks. All I want to do is have some fun. Uh, you don't like that? I thought we were going to sing. Music. I thought we were going to close every well, I was gonna episode. I already pictured both sing. of you on surfboards, going through the water, enjoying <laughs> the whole time. I hate the ocean. But um, I, th- I would thought we could do a s- where my dog's at, sort of a DMX. DMX, <laughs> baby. We, we might have um, to blur out some of the words which, that he says. You know what's just funny? My dog's at. <laughs> he does so, the best Rudolph the Red-Nosed yep, Reindeer. I don't know he does. Ocean, he knows. <laughs> yeah. Come on. God rest in pieces, my main dog. Listen, every time we said the word, every time we said dog on the show, uh, a little tear fell down my eyes for DMX. Guys, this has been a wonderful show. I'm excited to see what you do with these dogs later tonight. We'll throw some stuff up on the Drinking Bros.
sports, uh, Instagrammies, uh, the storyboard tonight with the dog training. So uh, follow us there. And and listen, uh, before we close out this show, though, Dog Talk on YouTube, you've got What's the other one? Stuck in the truck. Stuck in the truck, which I love yeah. because that's my dad's dog. Um, my dad's biggest fear is that somebody's going to smash his window and let his dog out when he goes in the store for three minutes. I'm like, Dad, I think anybody reasonable is going to be standing around yeah. for at yeah. least three minutes. You've never been to see what kind of cunts you are. <laughs> um, but uh, stuck in the truck is super funny. On Instagram, you are at BLK TV. TV. Yep. Um, then you guys also for your business have BLK Raleigh and BLK Nine MD. So they have the locations. The locations. Um, I, I always wanted to do this though. Okay. Because I don't know if you're going to do it or not. Because this is the point of the show that we yeah. get to the drinking bro of the week. Oh, here we go. Oh, I just got a little tickle in my ball sack right there. That's the first time I've ever got. <laughs> I wish you got neutered. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I would have been better off if I did. But um, we get to the drinking bro of the week where you get to a male or a female drinking bro or broette, someone who's inspired you. They have to be alive. I don't think don't they come, do. They Ross do. and Dan don't say that. I don't give that. a fuck. On this show, they have to be alive. I, I hate when people... I've been Martin drinking bro for King years. Jr. They're like, yeah, yeah my drinking bro Lincoln. of the week is Jesus Christ. Well, he's not alive anymore. <laughs> he's alive in your heart. Great. He's alive in my heart, too. But come on, man. Like, he's not going to give you an attaboy. We want somebody that, that's going to... It's going to make somebody feel better about themselves because they're your drinking bro yeah, of the week. Someone who's inspired you to, to make you the, the super cool dude that you are today. Uh, <clears throat> and he can't be a dog either. It's got to be a human fucking being. <laughs> so I'm gonna—I don't know. I guarantee you probably won't know the guy, but he's, his name is Darren Hardy. Shut him out. Darren Hardy. I'm Darren sure Hardy. he's listening though, right? Darren Hardy. Yeah, Darren Hope Hardy. You're uh, listening if you're yeah. not. Uh, so he—he's—he uh, uh, he teaches uh, people to to build, build themselves up, work with businesses. I've been uh, watching, uh, reading his stuff for years now—about nine years total. Um, it helped me figure out a lot of things in my life, uh, get my business where I'm going, and I'm doing uh, currently one of his programs now. But, uh, yeah, I would have to say that if you have had to be somebody living, it would have to be Darren Hardy. Darren okay. Hardy. Darren Hardy. Of Darren Hardy. Darren Hardy. Drinking bro of the week. Guys, this was Drinking Bro Sports Tailgate Legends Show. It's been fucking fun. It's been real. It's been real fucking fun, yeah. to be honest with you. This is the weirdest, not the weirdest. We've had some really weird tailgates. Yeah. Uh, we are so excited. Tailgates. Next month, we are actually going to do a real tailgate for some UFC fights in Texas. So get ready, Austin. Get ready, Dallas. We're coming live to your hometowns. Oh, wait a minute. No, shit. I forgot to get out drums and rums. Fuck, man. I had the greatest conversation with another podcaster today. Uh, drums and rums podcast uh, out of Florida. The guy is amazing. Uh, I got to give him another shout out on another show because that was a really dope conversation that I had with him. I feel like a fucking asshole. I said I was going to give him a shout out at the beginning of the show. And well, I didn't luckily, do we it. do one every week. Uh, we yeah. do do one every one awake. Um, but anyway, Instill Distilling Company. Uh, what's our other sponsors for today? Blue Line K9, of course, because they're here. And then we have uh, BearFacers.com. BearFacers, B A R E, Facers.com. Until next time, everybody. Stop. Drop. Shut them down. Open up shop. Come on, guys. Oh, 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 no. Mm. That's a rough ride. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, did, I did that kind of solo this week. That's okay. I, I didn't need any help on the DMX lyrics. Hey, nice <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Well, I knew it. Shit. I was just waiting to jump in. <laughs> I was trying to get in the rim. I was a little bit trucker on that show than I wanted to be.